You are listening to the Practice Growth Podcast with Sean Terrell. Welcome to the Practice Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Terrell, and very excited about this week's discussion and our guest, Tom Taranas. Tom is the founder and CEO of Medics Dental IT, which, as the name indicates, broadly speaking, provides a host of technological solutions for dental practices. Tom, it's great to have you on the Practice Growth Podcast. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me, Sean. So the place that I always like to start in every episode is just with some context for the audience. So to begin, could you just share a little bit about your background and sort of how you reached the current point of your career? Sure. Well, I've been a computer nerd since a young age. I had an uncle that loaned me a computer and kind of got me started. Um, and then just through time, I you know I started doing computer work for my parents' friends, my friends' parents, and it, it grew from there. Uh, but how, how I got started with dental was one of my good friend's mothers was a two-location periodontal practice office manager. And they're switching from Mac to PC-based uh, practice management software, and so they had to buy new equipment. And the equipment they got quoted from uh, their supply vendor, uh, they, they handed me the quote, and it was like really, really high. And so we're able to save the doctor about $25,000 between both locations and got him better equipment. And I realized that there was uh, a need there. And so that kind of started uh, my journey in dental IT uh, just a little bit over 20 years ago. And we formed the, formed the company in 2003. But um, you know, through that, we've, we've evolved quite a bit from just doing you know, IT uh, into a lot of security services, uh, managed services for the practices. And now we're working more in like how to help practices leverage technology and data to become uh, to improve the patient experience, but also to improve uh, their bottom line. So just to circle back prior to that sort of chance encounter uh, with your friend and, and the mom that was working in, you said it was a periodontal practice? Yep. Were you working in the IT space prior to that point? Or was this sort of just the first run? Was that just sort of a side project for you? No, so yeah, I actually had a, a company that I started that we were doing website development and computer networking, but we really didn't have a niche at that point. We worked with a variety of, of types of businesses, uh, but when we saw the, the what was actually happening in the dental space and, and that they, we could really provide a good cost-effective solution, uh, the amount of non-dental clients shrunk and the amount of dental clients continued to grow. So... Maybe when I hear IT or technological services, that's very broad to someone like me that doesn't live in that space uh, and probably even more uh, specific and nuanced within the dental industry itself. Could you sort of at a high level kind of peel back what that might encompass, broadly speaking, and then where you think it's, I guess, imperative to go a little deeper? We can maybe do that as well. Sure, sure. So we do all the the typical stuff. We provide support, uh, provide security, backup. Um, and, and kind of just the all-encompassing partnership where uh, we become their, their resource for anything related to technology. We do sell equipment. We help outfit, do build-outs, new construction, uh, replace equipment. Uh, but where what kind of separates us is we actually go in a little deeper and try to help provide some more guidance or look at 
uh, a strategic plan or vision for the practice or the organization to see where they want to be in three years, five years, and help them leverage some of the latest technology that's out there. Uh, our MO is to eat, sleep, and breathe dental technology. So we're always kind of got our fingers in what the latest, greatest stuff is. Um, and, and, and what's kind of, there's a big confusion point. Everybody thinks like the product or the software is a silver bullet, but a lot of it is how it's used and how it's implemented that really can make the difference on whether or not they're successful. So, um, you know, even though we're IT, we're IT and then some. So what are some of the, the problems that you're encountering uh, that dentists are seeing in their practices that maybe they're a little bit blind to that you guys, when you do sort of this overhaul, can help them become, I guess, at least a little bit more efficient and probably uh, even better than that in many instances? Yeah. So one of the the cooler things um, that we're starting to have some help clients implement is automation. So leveraging an, an automation platform to do some of the repetitive tasks that some of the staff members do. One of the big things is uh, claims processing. I mean, there's still there's still a small part of that that has to be handled by humans in some cases, but uh, that's something that typically will take a staff member's time uh, and, and be very stressful when it's and it's repetitive. So you put that in place, and then that staff member is actually freed up to you know work on other things in the practice or spend more time with patients. Um, and do other things that will help them be more efficient. And that, that's that's a, a pretty common stress point is claims processing. Um, but then you can actually go into using automation for, you know, uh, collections purposes or, or helping facilitate patient payments and doing a whole bunch of things that, that go far beyond that. Uh, in some cases, you can use automation to, to pull out data uh, from software and leverage it for a dashboard or or for another software that they're using. And so that automation is probably the the best example of, of what's we've been implementing now that that not a lot of uh, practices have really taken advantage of or, or even realized that it's out there. So broadly speaking, to really simplify it, sort of shortening that workflow process and leveraging technology. Uh, when a patient comes in, they're seen, uh, that has to get submitted to their insurance. How does that workflow get shortened, maybe more specifically? So there's a couple pieces. So one of the, one of the pieces that can be implemented with the automation is uh, is um, benefits verification. Uh, so they actually can go in, the automation platform can log into the insurance company's portal and retrieve data, what like what their benefits are. Um, and then put that information into the, the patient file. So that's actually done prior to the patient visit. Um, if they're a regular patient or a patient that's provided that information ahead of time. Uh, but then additionally, is it can work to fulfill some of the, the claims processing steps once the patients uh, receive treatment to, to speed up the payment process. So to follow through on that for practices that you guys have implemented uh, systems like that and technology like that, what is the end result that comes out of that two, three, five years down the road? Uh, obviously more efficient, but can you track that even further to revenue or uh, profitability? Since the technology is relatively new in the space, um, and we've been involved since since it was just being pretty much launched, it's hard to know what that's going to be. Um, but just looking at things big picture now, you can see that um, by by reducing staff overhead on some of those repetitive tasks, they can actually be you know become take other roles and other seats within the organization and provide benefits that um, 
you know, you didn't know they're actually able to do. So like, I mean, like benefits for the practice. Um, but yeah, it's, it's hard to like really, you know, see what the long-term uh, benefits are uh, because it's so new. That's got to be such an interesting thing to think back when you started almost 20 years ago. And we're probably working with practices that were still all hard files and pen and paper and um, pulling patient files out of a manila folder to, to what it is now. Uh, <laughs> any stories from, from kind of that transition or that evolution? Oh, my. I mean, you know, I've never heard a doctor that said uh, after they've gone digital that they have wanted to go back. Um, you know, we, it's funny. It's like, you know, the ones when you, there, people get frustrated with technology now because the investment and, and sometimes it doesn't work. But if you compare that to what life was like before technology and how inefficient it was and how painful it was, um, you know, I don't know many of them that would go back, uh, especially, you know, the 60 years and younger, uh, they, they would never likely go back. But, um, you know, it's hard. It's like horror stories. I mean, that, I would say probably the scariest thing is, you know, when you just had paper, you had no backup, you had no disaster recovery plan. And I remember a news article of a practice that had all paper charts, no computerization. They had a fire and they lost everything. They didn't even know who to call to say that the practice broke down. And today, what we can do with a client is we can do the offsite disaster recovery. They can actually be able to pull that patient file up in the middle of the fire and start you know, looking at their data uh, and start rescheduling patients. So that's that in itself, the continuity aspect has come a long way, but um, yeah, I don't know anybody who'd want to go back and, and do it that way. So there's a, a number of different models for dental practices, different business models, different practice types. Uh, could you maybe touch on a few of the ones that you most commonly work with and can provide some of the better uh, efficient and solutions for? Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of it comes to be mindset because if you look at your technology as just an expense, like, yeah, we just got to have it, it's like rent or whatever, um, then, then you're only going to get so much out of it. You're going to, you know, you're going to kind of pigeonhole it and leave it there. But if you really look at it as an investment and add a strategy on top of that, how it's going to be leveraged, when it's going to be replaced, make everything as predictable as possible, then you can really start reaping the benefits of, of what it offers. And, um, you know, I would say my industry has probably done its fair share to kind of put, put the mindset negatively because there's some of our, um, I call them peers in the industry, but they just, they don't do things at the level that we do. And it's to them, it's like, it's no different than like a patient coming to the dentist. They, they, they kind of cringe when they have to call because they're like, you know, they're so scared about support, not being happy to help them or they're apologetic. And it's like when a patient goes to the dental office, not a lot of them are super excited to have, you know, their teeth worked on, or some cases they just have an organic fear, but we've tried to do our best to change how technology is viewed in the practice by providing a great experience for our partner or clients through support and, and every aspect of what we do. How do you help them see the value and, and see it as an investment and more than just uh, another uh, expense item on the balance sheet? Yeah. No, no. Um, so we can, we have a, our proprietary process. We called our IT treatment plan. So when uh, a practice wants to start working with us, they get onboarded and, and we kind of tell them how to best utilize us and, and 
um, you know, we get all of our tools in place. And that's the first step that, um, you know, just to getting them as, as having the relationship with medics. But then the next step is to kind of learn like in depth where they want to go, what they would do, what are their pain points, and then looking for solutions to those things. And a lot of times uh, in the industry, it's more like, okay, we're just your support provider and you call us as needed and, and that's it. And really there's no interactive relationship. But when we have the partnership in play, it's we have vested interest in their success. And um, some of our clients will, will use that. Some will really just say, I don't care. I just want my computers to work. And that's their style of, of management operation. That's fine too. But they'll get a lot more for their money out of us um, if they actually leverage some of our expertise to help them solve some of their business problems. And really just having those discussions that may not even necessarily involve technology, but the solution can be an implementation of the technology. Of the dental offices that you work with, I don't, I don't know if you want to put a percentage on this, but uh, so obviously new builds, they need new technology. So that's easy. But are dentists and dental offices in your... I feel like I know the answer to this. I'm about to ask the question. Um, <laughs> how often are you being called in to put a fire out or to fix a, an immediate pain point versus the dentist or the office that is you know, just seeing the signs that they need an upgrade and that they need to find someone with expertise to just make things better, but working more on the practice versus like, okay, there's pain and I need it fixed immediately. Well, usually the pains what bring them to us. It's, it's disappointment in their previous provider or issues not getting solved. But I always tell people that once you're onboarded and once you've embraced and, and followed our, our guidance, um, because you may have chosen us to, to be your support provider, but you're not listening to our guidance on equipment replacement. But if you follow our guidance, the amount, the likelihood of a fire is very, very small. And it's very, very rare. Where we have more fires, it's, it's in the situation where, you know, they have a server that's seven years old, approaching eight years old. And we're, we've been suggesting since it was five years old to replace it. And then that server goes upside down. We still have to access the data. We still, you know, we still get them back up and running, but it's at a more limited capacity and they're still going to have some unplanned downtime. And that's like the big fire, like our whole office is down. We can't do anything. Um, but if you would have followed our preventative guidance that we suggest, and I think that's probably one of the biggest misconceptions. It's like every time we tell them that they have to replace equipment, they think it's because we want more money out of them. And for us, it's like, no, this is so that you decrease your likelihood of having problems and you run as efficiently as possible. And, you know, just speaking honestly, we don't make a lot of money on the equipment. It's just, you know, a tool of our trade that we have to facilitate, but um, it's just like anything, you kind of get out of it, what you put into it. And so uh, the, the people that, that really believe in, in what our process and what we're about have, have very low fire rates. Um, but the ones that, that have fire rates are, and, and some of them actually carry some baggage from previous providers because they always had fires. And I think that's the only way to live. And then six months into the relationship, they realized that why, why were we letting ourselves suffer for so long? Um, and, and another, you know, the funny misconceptions is like, we, we need, we want an IT person that's physically close to us. Um, so they can come over because, you know, what if we need them? They need to come over. Um, you know, about 95 to 98% of what we do can all be handled remotely. Mm. And it's pretty rare on the, the small percentage that they actually need somebody on site to actually solve the problem. So 
So that's interesting. The, the analogy you gave kind of in the middle of that reminded me a lot of probably what a dentist experiences a lot of times with patients where they're showing up because they their jaw is killing them and they meet, need immediate relief. And I'm speculating a little bit here, but I, I, somewhere along that way, if the if the emergency patient becomes a long-term patient, there's probably going to be some counsel and some recommendations about ongoing preventative care. And some of those patients take that advice and some do not. And it kind of determines what the, the long-term outcome is. So that's, that's interesting that uh, that kind of pops up uh, in a similar way within what you guys do on the technology technology side. So you mentioned that uh, you can do a lot of your work 95 to 98% of it remotely, which kind of leads us into your reach and the geography region that you guys work in. I know it started out somewhat locally in the, in the in Eastern Iowa and in the Quad Cities area, but uh, just chatting a little bit more, it's expanded quite a bit since your inception. Yeah. And that's, that's the kind of, you know, we're, we're an Iowa based company and we love Iowa headquarters are here. Um, but our client base is national. And even though our, our team is, is, is not in every location, we don't have team members in every town that, that we have clients, um, our structure allows us to facilitate that. And it's, I, I think it's funny because sometimes our long-term Iowa clients don't realize, you know, how far we've come and, and like people outside of the market kind of look at us as, as the experts. So we have, you know, we've just gotten pulled into all these different markets and we're able to support them pretty well. Um, but we always still have our love for our home state and continue to to invest in, and uh, hire more people in Iowa. And we've continued to plan to do that for a long time. So I think you touched on this, but I'm, I'm not sure I quite understood it or maybe I didn't listen well enough. But could you explain maybe the difference between the products you guys provide, the, the hardware and the software versus the ongoing service, the consultative? Is How does that fit from... Uh, how you guys bill clients, or I guess what's the kind of the model that that works under? Yes. So pretty much we have, we have two standard offerings. It's, you know, it's either our practice armor, which is just basically security services and no support or our Onyx partnership, which is the all inclusive unlimited remote support. So we're doing providing all the security services on top of that, we're doing unlimited support. And on top of that, we're working with them on strategic solutions. Um, the only thing outside of they get billed for is for equipment that they buy or have, you know, buy through us uh, and the install for those things. Or if we oversee a project that is not considered support. So they buy a piece of equipment, they want us to help implement it, mm. or they buy a, something, a separate software that they want us to implement, or they want us to, you know, some of the non-conventional things that we're capable of doing is actually building out true data warehouses for our clients or, or providing kind of a, a deep uh, consultative relationship, like where we go through their business processes and leverage, try to, you know, see where, where there's opportunities. And so we have a lot of relationships with a lot of different companies throughout the country that are kind of uh, leading edge in the space. So uh, in some cases, we just go through that, you know, as, as part of our support with them and then make an introduction. And then if it leads to a project that we're involved in, then that's something that we would charge for separately. But um, most of our clients that are Onyx partners, you know, our, our, our client retention rate, even though we've, we've grown and we've had growing pains, like a lot, a lot of companies have done, um, we're still over 95% retention. So some of these services that you offer, you mentioned are probably, uh, things that maybe weren't in the budget in the past. How do you work with partners to help them budget this new technology? 
So a couple times a year, um, they're kind of they're giving a, a plan, and we've actually rolled out uh, some additional services that are already that you know they're not paying additionally for, uh, but we're going through our existing client base to kind of and get them up to speed with what we're offering the, the, the newer clients as part of their onboarding. And it's where we kind of deep dive and build budgets for them um, on, on an annual basis. And, and right now though, every, every one of our partners gets reports on equipment they need to replace, aging of equipment, what to budget for. Uh, and, and we do that a couple times a year for them. But the strategic budgeting or the solution budgeting is something that in the last year we started rolling out um, a little more deeply. And so uh, not all of our existing clients have been onboarded with that because it's something we've, you know, we've not tried to rush through and, um, but they all will eventually be on that. There's so many IT companies out there and I'm sure there's plenty just in the dental space as well. What makes Medics IT different? I think really just comes down to our process and our, our obsession with helping their practices operate better. I mean, there's a lot of, and I, I hate to use the term commoditized, but you know, the support services can be somewhat commoditized. The security services can be somewhat commoditized, but that overall understanding of their practice and um, the passion to help them be more successful is that we've wrapped kind of into our IT treatment plan is, is what makes us different. And, um, there's just a lot of things that that if if given the opportunity, if they they present these challenges to us, we can provide a lot of value, but we just can't read their minds. So I'm not sure if you're familiar with Tim Ferriss, but he's a podcaster and he has a question where he asks uh, guests what they would put on a billboard. What would you put on a billboard or what's your best advice related to technology for a dental practice owner? Are you tired of working for technology? Let us help you help make technology work for you. Pretty succinct. It's corny, but it it gets the message crossed. (laughs) I think it speaks to what we hit on a little bit earlier in the conversation, which was just, you know, getting to the mindset of thinking of this as an investment and how it might increase efficiency and profitability instead of just one more expense, because we know there's so many expenses with running a business, let alone a, a dental practice. But yeah, and then you know, creating more efficiency and 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 helping your business run smoother. Um, I think that's that that sums it up. Really good. As we start to sort of wrap up here, is there, is there anything that I haven't hit on? Uh, I'm a little bit of a technological novice myself, so I, I've tried to ask what I think are the logical questions from a curious <laughs> observer. But is there anything that I haven't hit on that is important to to convey from your perspective, Tom? Well, I know a lot of times that when somebody's looking for a technology partner, I mean, there's there's a gap on knowledge and resources for knowledge on on dental technology in the industry, so. A lot of times um, what a practice will look at when they're going out to find technology vendors, they start with price and they start kind of with what the support experience is. So they go start with price, support experience, because those are the two things that are easy to understand for them. But really what we're almost half of the value of your IT provider is what they are doing behind the scenes proactively is, you know, are they, are they patching? Are they making sure the updates are done? Are they proactively looking at security logs? Are they putting, you know, all the safeguards they can be in place for us? Are they making sure the backups are working proactively? Those are all things behind the scenes. And what we've seen throughout the years, and unfortunately hasn't really got much better, is that some of our peers, especially the ones on the lower price point, uh, are letting those behind the scenes things go because they're playing 
you know, they know, you know, the overhead to operate. So instead of having putting more resources to make sure the behind the scenes done, the clients are paying attention to the support and the price. And, um, you know, we're not the most expensive in the, in, in our industry. We're not the cheapest, but, um, we are making sure that everything that we do and promise is being fulfilled. And especially the behind the scenes thing, that's the stuff that if I was in their shoes as a business owner, I would sleep better at night knowing those are all being handled. We have probably one of the most sophisticated systems and it's all handled internally, uh, for most of our peers. And it's, it's like the stuff they don't see or know to even look or, or they don't even know how to double check whether it's being done. And, um, you know, it's, it's frustrating to me because I see it, some of these uh, other vendors are doing a disservice to the practices because they're leaving them vulnerable and creating significant risks that should something happen, um, it'd be very bad. And I will liken this kind of like to insurance. So, you know, if you're buying a full comprehensive insurance that that's doing all these things, you know, that if something happens, you're going to have great support. And, um, and then these other insurance providers out there that kind of let you pick pieces of it to get a lower price. That's, that's, that's the other option. So, you know, I think our average monthly investment, the all-inclusive investment with a practice is around $700 a month. And I know there's, there's some of our peers that are a couple hundred dollars a month less, but they're not getting nearly what they're getting from us. And, and maybe the support experiences are similar, but that behind the scenes proactive piece is not being done. And, and they let us show, you know, we can show them probably in about 15 minutes some things that aren't being done. And it's really scary. And that's, that's a valid concern that like, you know, I would rather educate my peers than, than see that like catastrophic failure in the industry. But it's something that we've seen very, very frequently. A lot of shortcuts are taken. And, um, you know, I just, for us, it's like we're obsessive about our clients and, and, and helping them. And um, our purpose here is to not only make sure that they get stay operational and, and get their problem solved as quickly as possible, but it's also to make sure that they don't have any risks or we mitigate as many of the risks as possible um, because we still can't control their users. But um, that's, that's just what we're about. And that comes through, I think, in our conversation. And yet the takeaway there is it's not always apples to apples. And there's some things going on behind the scenes. And it really starts uh, with education and with some level of trust in, in who you're partnering with. Uh, kind of to that end, if someone is interested in uh, leveraging the support and the expertise that, you, that your company provides, what's sort of the first practical step of, of engagement? Yeah, I mean, just go to our website, medicsdental.com. Uh, or if you want to shoot me an email, tom at medicsdental.com. And I'll be happy to an answer any questions um, that come up. Well, this has been a lot of fun. That's Tom Tarana is the CEO and founder of Medics Dental IT. Really enjoyed our conversation tonight, Tom. Thank you for sharing your expertise and for being a guest on the Practice Growth Podcast. Thanks for having me, Sean. I had fun too. Sean Terrell is a registered representative, certified exit planner, and financial advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PAS. Securities products and advisory services offered through PAS, member FINRA, SIPC. Financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. PAS is a direct, wholly-owned subsidiary of Guardian. Terrell Financial is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PAS or Guardian. 
This podcast is for informational purposes only. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by PAS, Guardian, or Terrell Financial, and opinions stated are their own. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. Compliance tracking number 2021-117512, expiration date March 2023.